It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. Welcome you once again to another Estate Planning Essentials program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this fine program. And I'm sitting with my attorney, my friend, the other co-host of this show, and his name is Michael W. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Well, my middle initial is B, so I'm really anxious to hear what the W stands for. Uh, uh, it's your fault, because in a good way, because the W stands for what if. And this is your middle name. This is what you do with all of your clients. This is what you do on this radio show, and you've been doing it for almost 10 years now. And that is, you lay out all the possibilities, all the variables, and you machine gun mic them by asking them so often, what if? What if? And you get people to think, to internalize, to question themselves and say, well, what if? What if this relationship changed? What if this law changes? And you're brilliant at that, having been doing this for how many years now? 30, 40 oh, years? Oh, my goodness. You don't, you, I tell you I'm an elder, <laughs> elder law attorney, so right. don't uh, don't age me too much. But, I mean, I'll be uh, pretty soon I'll have to have my funeral arrangements. Oh, care. no, don't say that. But 40 years, maybe? Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, you we'll know, see. If, he doesn't admit it because then we'll figure it out. We'll do the math, but we won't do that. But we will discuss... Transfer on death deeds today, beneficiary designations. I had that with my wife, Sarah, to make certain that if I die, there's no way anybody can touch her or what goes to her no matter what. Life insurance, um, radio stations, those kinds of things. And Michael, my attorney, has set that up for me so that I have that peace of mind. I can rest easy. And he will do the same for you. I know it. But this, the first step in that direction is to attend his next workshop, which we'll talk about on July the 16th. But Michael, you said there's at least a dozen problems of transfer on death deeds alone. Yeah, so let's kind of talk about, I don't know if we'll get through all 12 or not, but okay. let's kind of talk about, first of all, what is a transfer on death deed? Okay. And the idea behind a transfer on death deed was uh, what was happening is in Texas and in probably so many states, the great majority of states have transfer on death deeds now. But, the, you know, I'm sure the rules are a little bit different from state to state. Uh, but the idea is people weren't doing wills. Mm especially in, let's say, certain sections of the state. and um, Why? Because they don't have to do it because they're young? And it's well, they deal? just don't think, for whatever reason, they didn't do it. And uh, maybe lack of knowledge, people just don't think things will happen to them. Uh, I, I can't speak as to why people don't do things. Mm -hmm. um, it feels irresponsible to me, though. Yeah, I mean, um, but sometimes that's sometimes people just... I hate to say put their head in the sand, yeah. the, uh, right. but 
We've talked about that. Prince. Yeah. Was it Aretha Franklin? Yeah. People yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it could Robin happen. Robin Williams? Was it Robin yeah. Williams? Well, they had, he had a will, but it was contested, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, they were arguing over the wedding dress. Oh, that's remember, right. Oh, remember? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, he had the, the children from the first marriage and the last marriage. They didn't get along with the uh, stepmom. That's right. Who was younger. Uh, and they, they were, it, since the, per, they, the, the will of Robin Williams, if my memory is correct, said mm-hmm. all the personal property in the home goes to the children mm-hmm. well that included the wedding dress oh my and, wow. and so, yeah so the they it, they were so friendly with each other they were complaining about the wedding dress being theirs and not hers i bet wow yeah. well I, I think when he his last name williams makes sense i guess yeah. in this case but um and then i read just the other day about how the owner of the Baltimore Orioles is being sued by a brother or sister, and then the owner of the San Diego Chargers is being sued. I mean, you just never know these days. Yeah, I mean, it's a litigious society. And and quite frankly, it's, you know, people are looking for things to to do things easy. And uh, and the transfer on death deed was supposed, the intention was to make it easy so there wouldn't be so many title issues. So let's say things hadn't been done from generation to generation. Nobody had done any wills or whatever. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the title problems? Because there'd be this child, this child begets this child, this child, you know, and and, and then they had this and then there's this different marriage. And then it goes, can you imagine on the smallest estates, it seems like it's the biggest problem problems because there's been all these different children and remarriages and stuff like that. And then it gets to be a title mess where you can't even sell the dang property. Wow. Well, so the intention was to have a, since people weren't, a lot of people weren't doing even simple wills that they would have this on real estate. Let's say they had a home, a transfer on death deed. But so Texas, like so many other states, uh, changed the law. It's been seven years now, I think, mm-hmm. since they they had this. But it has some problems. They didn't address certain issues. One of the issues they didn't address is community property. Mm-hmm. It's Texas community property. It doesn't say what happens if it's community property or separate property. There are issues because we know that things go differently if it's community property versus separate property. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have to be careful on that. Define community property. Oh, exactly. uh, well— you know, if it's community property, uh, if you together bought property that was not traceable from a prior, uh, that was separate property before, mm-hmm. then, or if it's commingled, then let's say you were never, let's say you weren't married from a prior time, okay. then, um, and, and, and he didn't inherit something and use those funds to purchase property, you just Every, one of those spouses was working, if not both, mm-hmm. then that's community property. Remember, even uh, um, if I'm in, in my marriage, most of the time I've been the one that was the working spouse, mm-hmm. um, but all my earnings are community property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, in my household, um, the motto is what's uh, mine is mine mm-hmm. and what yours is will negotiate. It's an right. equal partnership. <laughs> right. And it's all women. There's no men in your household. It's <laughs> just you right. and, and right, right. three ladies. Yeah, even the cats are female. So oh, okay. I, I'm in really trouble. Now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to gang up on you for sure. Oh, all right. So you, so – so you have to – the statute doesn't really define it, and so it could get in some issues there. The second issue uh, is the problem that on transfer on death deeds under the estates code that there could – creditors could come out and they don't uh, – for at least two years. They're not going to say that you don't have 
some credit issues. So this could be a problem. Let's say that the property had either some sort of lien or a mortgage on it, mm-hmm. uh, and then the heirs get it, but they don't have the funds to pay the bills, and the title company won't let you sell the property because this thing in the state code says they don't have to do it for a couple of years to make sure that there's no creditors. Got it. So this could be a real problem for people. How do you going to do that? What if the what if the lender decides to foreclose? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a transfer on debt deed. So if that's the case, what would be the solution? You'd rather have a ladybird deed, right? A, a ladybird deed, as we talked about on a show last month, I believe it was mm-hmm. that we talked about ladybird. So people who, uh, by the way, if you missed that show, we have podcasts on all of our shows, and we went through some of the, we went over a couple cases on ladybird deeds and some of the issues. Uh, uh, that came across uh, our desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so a transfer on debt deed. I mean, one that there are some advantages, by the way, of a transfer on debt deed. It's simple. It doesn't trigger a due on sale clause. Remember, we talked. Uh, I think about in April we had a radio show on uh, due on sale clauses. Like if you transfer property to somebody else, then the lender could call the note. Uh, but there was nine exceptions uh, under the Garn Saint Germain Act that we talked about on the show, another prior podcast. Uh, that uh, if you're anyone's interest, so it doesn't. So if, in other words, if you uh, inherit the property through this transfer on debt deed, just like on a Ready Bird deed too, uh, you take it subject to the mortgage. It doesn't call the note to be due. Your child just takes it subject to the mortgage. Okay, good to know. The, um, it could always be canceled. You could always cancel it. So if you change your mind, okay. Nice. You could do a cancellation. We do that from time to time. Uh, we don't do them that. We do them sometimes. It depends on the situation. Uh, so I'm not saying that transfer on death deeds are always a problem. I don't want to give that impression, but I wanted to let you know the problems today. But there are some good things. Another thing that's good is you can name contingent beneficiaries. So you say, okay, I go, this goes to this person, but if this person dies, it goes to this person. So that's a good thing that you usually cannot do in, let's say, a ladybird deed. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, uh, the, it, it, of course, it avoids probate. It also still, you have a step-up in basis. Remember we talked about on ladybird deeds, if you inherit Texas Community Property State, uh, or even if you didn't have a spouse, and you own property, you're st- and let's say it was your separate property, your own property, you hire, you bought the house, you did a transfer on debt deed, okay, when you die, it steps up to the value as the date of death. Period. Period. Right. Yeah, it's your property. No capital gains, tax, nothing. Yeah, no capital gains on the, if, the appreciation, so there's no problem with that. No capital gains could add up. It'd be a lot of money. Well, when you think about on real estate today in, in this area of the country- right. People are saying, I can't even pay the property taxes, right? right? They're saying right now, that's a lot of complaints right now because the tax valuations have gotten so high. Right. A lot of investors are buying property just because they think and they're pay cash. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, sorry for you guys in, from California, but yep. quite frankly, y'all are driving up the prices, we think. Uh, yep. uh, there are a lot of people who have moved here from California, especially during the pandemic and maybe before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've seen uh, it's throughout the state of Texas, it's a very common thing. It is. Uh, um, and the, the housing is more expensive. They they say housing's cheap in Texas. Sure. And so they come and they say, okay, well, here's the fair market value of the property. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lender says this is only worth 
X based on what they uh, appraisals, mm-hmm. but the somebody else says, well, I'm I got more money. I don't have to go by that. I'm going to buy it for over fair market value. So I'm right. going to have cash offers. Well, right. this drives up the value of the property. So now all of a sudden, this gets to be more of a capital gains tax issue if you hold things. Some I had somebody uh, this week that I think that they had bought the property for thirty thousand dollars, and now it's worth three hundred sixty thousand wow. dollars. I mean, they'd hold the property for a while, mm-hmm. and so um, uh, I mean. And can you imagine if it was a, a more expensive property, uh, how much it may have gone up? Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, if you sell property during your lifetime, uh, and if you're single, you get up to a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar gain without there being capital gains tax, and that uh, in addition to any improvements that you've added, or of mm-hmm. course there's closing costs. Right, if you're married, uh, mm-hmm. it's five hundred thousand dollars. And but if you're, uh, you get up to, uh, if, but if you hold the property till you pass, then you get a step up in basis. Mm-hmm. If it's separate property, it gets just, you know, uh, when you die, it goes to the value as the date of your death. Uh, if it's community property, then even if your spouse dies, then you get the full step up in basis mm-hmm. to the value as the date of death, and then you get a second step up when you die. Which is really nice, and for us Texans, it's great that our homes are appreciating so wonderfully. The Problem is, so if you sold your home, where are you going to move? That's right. That's that's always a problem. That's always a problem. Yeah, that's always a problem for so many. Yeah, but so we kind of appreciate Californians and Illinois Illinoisans, New Yorkers coming here and buying these homes and increasing the value of what we own. But at the same time, it's a double-edged sword because we have a problem still. And one other uh, positive I should mention about transfer on debt deeds is Medicaid estate recovery. Uh, remember we talked about on the show on Lady Bird Deeds a few weeks ago mm-hmm. that the Texas, if you're on Medicaid, most people don't have long-term care insurance. And if you don't have long-term care insurance as we age, we're getting older, more people need long-term care, whether it be in a nursing home at, at or at home. Mm-hmm. And so how are they going to pay? Uh, as a result, uh, they often look to the government to pay. And Medicare doesn't pay except for a limited amount if you have a three-day hospitalization stay. So as a result, more and more people are looking for the government to pay. Remember we talked about how laws changed when we had that filial responsibilities program and how how things had started off from a biblical uh, origins to uh, say that we have a, a family is responsible, but now our morals have kind of changed uh, to the government mm-hmm. saying that things are responsibility. A lot of that has to do with Medicare and Medicaid right. as well as Social Security. So we're thinking the government's going to take care of us as opposed to our family, which was the original uh, that was uh, things from biblical origin uh, that the things um, were how, how people treated things. It makes perfect sense. The other things that come to mind as you're talking is when you need long-term health care insurance, that's a very good reason for why people might get reverse mortgages. As difficult as they may be right now with interest rates the way they are, it's still an option if you don't want to sell your home if you, because mm-hmm. of, of the repercussions of where you're going to move if you do sell it. But reverse mortgages can also pay off for people, as you know. Well, sometimes they can and sometimes they can't. A lot of people complain about the cost and you have sure. to pay the, uh, you know, you have Property to have insu- taxes, you know, yeah. the taxes and yeah. they, you know. So, but sometimes, you know, I think it's like anything. Uh, sometimes it's the good thing to do and sometimes it's not a good thing to do. It gets... Uh, uh, if you have, uh, you want to stay at home and you have no money, 
Right. Well, you could borrow against the equity or maybe you need to make some repairs or maybe something like that. And maybe you don't have people you don't want it to pass on to or whatever you that, you know, so there is a lot of different situations where a reverse mortgage could be uh, helpful. Um, I remember we had one where uh, the uh, They had a disabled child who was 62 years old. Dad was in a nursing home. Uh, We had the, uh, under Medicaid rules, you could transfer a property to a disabled child without a look-back period. It's an exception to the rules. The child just wanted cash. He wasn't living at the home. So the dad transferred, so he continued to be eligible for Medicaid. The son, who needed money, got the home. And since he was 62 years of age, and that's the age you could do a reverse mortgage, then he just borrowed against the equity in the home. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So he got his cash, and we didn't lose Medicaid. So there's different situations. Like anything in life, you have to look at every all the different uh, pros and cons. And ask a lot of questions. And right. that's the point of Michael's workshops, to ask questions. And that's what you get to do when you attend his next workshop, which is going to be on Saturday, July the 16th at 10 o'clock, where you attend those in person at his offices off of, uh, I talk in terms of numbers, not freeways, but 635 and 75, right? You're, yeah, yeah. It's not too far from Medical City Hospital, if you know where that is, which mm-hmm. is off in Forest near Central. It's we're right to the north of that. Okay. So right here in Dallas, obviously, and that's where Michael's offices are. That's where Michael's workshops are. And this one is no different. And that's when you get to ask a question or two for Michael. You, don't, you can't see what goes on in the studio but he doesn't read anything. He talks. This is all knowledge. This is in his head, not on paper. And the same thing would happen at the workshop. You'll, whether it's the president of the United States, whether it's some athlete for the Dallas Cowboys, or whether it's me, we'd like to know what the questions are in advance so we can prepare a very positive and comprehensive answer so that the listener can be fulfilled and we can look and sound better and smarter and help that individual. Not Michael. Michael doesn't read anything. Michael doesn't know what the questions are. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask him before the show. And he doesn't know what you're going to ask him at the workshop, which is excellent because then it demonstrates his knowledge, his expertise, and it forces you to conclude that this man is very credible and knows his stuff. But at the workshop on the 16th of July, 10 o'clock in the morning, that's a Saturday, you'll get to do just that, Michael. They get to ask you questions. Yeah, we ask whatever it is you want to know. Is it going to be about estate planning? Is it going to be about transfer on debt deeds? Not that many people ask that, but... It could be about labor deeds. Is it going to be about wills? Is it going to be about trusts? Is it going to be about veterans' benefits? Is it going to be about tax issues? Yeah. We don't know what the questions are going to be. We say, what do you want to know? Mm-hmm. And then we write down those list of questions. You get to, and it's interactive. That's why we call it a workshop, not a seminar. So you ask the questions. We answer the questions. You'll learn something from the questions mm-hmm. of others. Always. And uh, I think you'll find that the not only are you going to learn something, get your questions answered, but you're going to see that the fl- time just flies by. Mm-hmm. And I hope you have a little fun along the way. Uh, I think that those are the goals that we at least uh, uh, are trying to ascertain. And I think that we hopefully will do that. We've been doing them for, it's going to be 10 years in December. Amazing. So we saw that they were popular. So 
Uh, but we always ask what if there's something that would they people think that they we could improve upon mm-hmm. during the pandemic. By the way, they wanted the presentation. So when we were doing things virtually, we were just answering people's right. questions. But we mm-hmm. saw what people wanted to do, and they said, "Now we want the presentation that you used to do because that probably triggers things for people." Right, 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 right. right. So, mm-hmm. so we did. We listened, and so uh, we wanted to see what people want to know, and we do it. We answer those questions, and uh, I think uh, it'll be time well spent for many people. And then tell them after that, the vision meeting, we haven't addressed that in a while. Yeah, no, we haven't addressed that. So you get, not only is the workshop will fly by with that two hours that are is free, uh, but also we give a free vision meeting for only for those who attend. So in other words, you get three free hours without any obligation. We just see what you want to know and try to help address your issues. And all you have to do to go to that workshop is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And I think um, you'll, you'll see it was time well spent. Exactly. Uh, we got Speaking of time well spent, we've got about seven minutes left. Uh, other problems regarding transfer on death deeds. Well, it can't be signed by, I think we talked about this on the Ladybird Deed Show. Uh, unlike a Ladybird Deed, an agent cannot, like an agent or a power of attorney, cannot sign that for you. Hmm. Okay. An agent that. cannot sign a, a, a transfer on death for you. Okay. Um, it must also be recorded prior to your death. I remember we had a realtor one time. So oh, I used to recording things. He did a transfer on death deed, or his uncle did, and unfortunately, he never he forgot to record it. So we had to probate the will anyway. Oh my gosh! Now that gets into another issue. Is a lot of times people say, "Well, the will said this, but the transfer on death deed said that," or maybe they just didn't do a will at all, right. and there was a problem with the transfer on death deed. Let's say there wasn't a contingent beneficiary, and then you have to go through either an heirship determination or probate the will after all. Wow. So sometimes you have to look at the – now, by the way, when we do a – a lot of times we recommend, whether it's a ladybird deed, an enhanced life estate deed, or a transfer on debt deed, we when they do a will, we usually like to say we make reference to the deed. Mm-hmm. We said we don't – the will says this. But we have this other, we had this deed, and it's supposed to go like this, mm-hmm. so that there's no doubt that if there was a problem with the deed, for whatever reason, then and you had to probate that it's clear as to who that property is to go to. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I never thought about that, but it sounds like a question you would ask anyone anytime. Are there competing documents that could undermine the effectiveness of what we're about to do? And it sounds like you eliminate those to make sure there aren't. Yeah. Uh, another thing uh, that's kind of interesting, a lot of times, uh, you know, a lot of times on beneficiary designations when there or even a power of attorney or other documents, let's say you had a will that says all to spouse and then you get divorced. Mm. Those th- that spouse automatically gets cut off. Or if you have an agent and they have a power of attorney and you name your spouse and you get divorced, it cuts off as a matter of law. On a transfer on debt deed, there's two things that have to happen. You get divorced, but you have to uh, file the papers 
uh, before that person dies, yeah. or else it will go to that beneficiary. So it's not automatic like on the other beneficiary thing. So you have to consider that, uh, the divorce thing. And another thing is, unlike a ladybird deed, there's no what's called warranties of title. So the title company doesn't have to see go back with all the glitches that may have occurred since Texas land grants uh, that uh, were issued back in the 1800s, mm-hmm. whereas on a Lady Birdie, you could go back on that chain of title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a Lady Birdie gives the warranties of title, whereas a transfer on debt deed does not. You know, I was watching TV last night, and I was, I don't know what it was, but I just made the comment that everyone likes to play an attorney. Everybody thinks they know better. And then they assume certain things and it come back to, it comes back to haunt them michael when they shouldn't play expert when they don't have any education or experience in that area it really well, scares me for people including myself cuz sometimes you know I'm 59 years old soon and i should know better at this age and this is the last third of my life and i should learn from my mistakes so i know better and i read all the time and i read the wall street journal and that doesn't mean anything well it's just like anything you know everybody has their own expertise and whatever it is if and uh, here I am, I feel like sometimes I was telling a client uh, this past week, I said, gee, I feel so badly, I feel like I'm the car mechanic telling you all the different things on how to get the car working and again, and you just want to get it fixed. Exactly. And so uh, sometimes, you know, you're, you're, you're gonna, whether you're the car mechanic or the attorney or the doctor or, or whatever it may be, um, everybody has their own knowledge as to whatever it is. And I, I appreciate the knowledge of others. I'd rely upon the knowledge of others to do whatever it is that we want to get fixed, whether it's whatever it may be, if it's some sort of home repair or, the, or, or you know, the mm-hmm. car mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, you really shouldn't a lot of times do it yourself. We're talking about one issue after another. We have, we've only scratched the surface that there's all these different things that we have to consider mm-hmm. before you uh, do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just beca- and, and most people just, they don't know what they don't know. Right. And, 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 and things continually change too. All the time. And the laws change. The laws change. Everything I know. Yeah, yeah. Relationship change. Money changes. Law change. Let's say that you had, you know, you had this transfer on debt deed, and uh, you didn't make any changes, and your child becomes an addict, has an addiction issue. Mm-hmm. Is that what you wanted? Mm-hmm. What if they're a minor? Uh oh, mm-hmm. we got that problem with the courts again with probate. Or your because, wife files divorce. Wife files for divorce, right. and maybe you didn't, and and you didn't change this or that, mm-hmm. and you didn't record. It's oh gee, I didn't know that. I thought that. Whatever you thought, mm-hmm. and you say, "Oh, I didn't realize that." And then, and then what happens? You know, you, know, you didn't get things the way you want under your terms and conditions. Of course, estate planning is all about what you want to protect you and your loved ones the way, whether you're disabled or not. Uh, we also have to think about disability, and um, how do you revoke it if you lost mental capacity? Mm-hmm. If you had a power of attorney on a uh, ladybird deed, mm-hmm. you could uh, undo things. Oh, I told you you can't use powers of attorney to even create a transfer on debt deed. Now, the law is not clear, by the way, on cancellation. <laughs> so in our power of attorney, notwithstanding that we think that you can't, we put it in the power of attorney. And powers of attorney, you put a lot of extra stuff. You don't have to just use statutory language. That's good. So we have the ability to create ladybird deeds. We have <clears throat> the ability to do all sorts of different planning, including maybe even change beneficiary designations. So, for example, let's say the loved one dies and you didn't have a contingent you wanted to avoid probate. Okay. Well, if you have it in the power of attorney, can you do that? Mm. So there's a lot of extra stuff. Have you thought about that? 
You know, it's, it's just a lot of different things you could do if you want. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of knowing what that may be. And that's the whole point at the beginning of the show, Michael W. as in what if Cohen? What if this? What if that? What if your wife files divorce? What if your child ends up having special needs or becoming a gambling addict, et cetera, et cetera? He prepares you so you're prepared for everything and anything that has happened or could happen. To make sure that happens, attend his next workshop in person. No more online. It's always in person. Starting this coming Saturday or coming up this month, July the 16th, that is, at 10 o'clock. Um, dial 214-720-0102. 214-720-0102. Or go to Dallas Elderlawyer.com. Free hats, free coffee mugs, free danishes and donuts, things like that. Yep, absolutely. We like donuts. All right. Thank you, Michael Cohen. Thank you, Don. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas. Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.